All right, so I don't have a clever intro like I normally do. This is not going to be our standard um, witty, funny, um, insightful NBA podcast today. This is all going to be about Kobe Bryant, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, how we're all feeling the same way. January 26, 2020 will go down as the saddest day in sports history. All right, folks, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players broadcast. Today is going to be a little bit different, people. Uh, we're doing this podcast with some heavy hearts. Drew and I have, um, we haven't seen each other since Saturday. We haven't spoken. Uh, we both kind of went ghost over the whole Kobe and Gigi situation, which you guys know we're going to talk about. But first, before we start this podcast, I want to read off the names of everybody that was on this helicopter. I want to do this just to, you know, we're going to be talking about Kobe for most of this. And I just wanted to show the respect to everybody else that passed away to let them know that they're acknowledged. And I'm sorry that we're not going to be talking about all of them um, on this show. But I just want to show respect to John, Carrie, Alyssa, Altabelli, Christina Mauser, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Ara Zabayan, and Kobe and Gianna Bryant. Um, you know, Drew, I, I'm pretty sure that January 26, 2020 will be, uh, will be known as the saddest day in sports, if not one of the saddest days in, in, in global history, not just American history. Um, I have been, <clears throat> I have been at a loss for words for the past four days. I've been dreading doing this podcast, Drew, just because like, I want this to be so perfect and I, I, I wanted to put my feelings and what I wanted to say like eloquently so people can understand how I'm feeling and I can't yeah I I I can't I have been so I don't even think sad's the word you know I have and I've been crying for three days I have been locked up in my house for three days I've had people concerned about me for three days yeah and I'm I'm still I'm still at a loss for words, so I apologize if we ramble a little bit on this. There are no notes, you know, and we're just going to go off the cusp at this. Yeah, man, this is, um, I mean, my heart's racing right now um, because this makes it really, like, really real. It's real. Yeah, that we're doing a fucking podcast about this. <clears throat> yeah, Sunday was a rough day, man. Um Rest in peace to all those names that, that you mentioned. It's just so tragic. <clears throat> I think, you know, maybe, I mean, if we jump right in, I I, I, don't, I won't be able to, to carry a conversation very much. So I think maybe um, we might start off with, with how you heard the news as it broke that Sunday morning. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, for those that don't know, <clears throat> I am, I work on the weekends at the biggest most busiest restaurant in San Clemente. I've been there for a long time. We're a family there. We uh, we have the best brunch in town. We are packed on the weekends. Um, and my phone just keeps blowing up and blowing up and blowing up. You're working? I'm working. Yeah. And we're at prime. This is prime. 
This is 12 o'clock noon. Everybody's out of church. We want to go have mimosas. Oh, it's brunch. Everybody's living their best fucking Sunday life. Sunday brunch. Yep, Sunday brunch at Cafe Mimosa. It's where everybody goes. Jimmy Butler's eating there. Andre Iguodala's yeah, eating right. there. With You know what I mean? Like, that's where you go in San Clemente. Luke, Luke Richard. Uh, yeah, Luke Mabute. That's right. Luke Mabute, my boy. Um, and I got the text. I don't re- recall who it was from because I got so many. And it was the TMZ blip. And I just looked at it. And I said, "Bullshit." Right? <laughs> you know, like fucking keep that shit to yourself, dude. You that's know, it's a fucked up joke. It's a fucked up joke. That's what it was. Initially. That's what it was. It's like, and I got, who would do that? Well, and I then... got the, I got the rush though. I got the rush, the chills. Sure. When I saw it, but then I'm like, it's it's fucking Kobe. So you know, keep save that bullshit. But then my dad called, and my dad knows I'm at work, knows that I'm not going to pick up, and he calls. And I pick up the phone, and he said, son, are you okay? And I'm like, it's true? And he's like, it's true. And I I, I had to take a step back, and I'm like, holy shit. This, 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 this just cannot be, right? And meanwhile, it's the busiest day of the week in the restaurant. And I tell one of the girls that I work with, I work with all girls, all lovely girls, women. I love you guys. Um, And I had to go to my table. And I went to my table of a family of four and who were excited to be there Sunday, want to eat. Yeah. And I say whatever I say, my intro that I always say. And all that was coming out of their mouth was like nothing. Right. 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 And I just remember all four of them looking at me and I asked them, I said, can you guys just. Uh, give me a second. Like I just heard Kobe died in a in a helicopter crash. I I need a minute. And they said go, go go take a minute. And I went to the back and I took a deep breath and I had to go to. I I just went to Instagram. I looked at. I I opened up my phone and there's 36 missed calls and 25 text messages. Our group chat was on fire and I'm yep. like this is this is happening. And uh, I cried. I cried. I did. I should. I, I'm. I just. It, it was pure adrenaline in the back and then I realize I'm still at work and I have to go to work and I go back to the table that I was just at telling them that this happened and they said so what's your favorite mimosa what do you like to drink and that's what I said in my head I'm like you know what fuck off right and I don't want to be here no, and um I don't know yeah that's rough dude it's rough and everybody in in my town everybody knows that I'm the basketball guy they all know that this is my life that this is what i'm passionate about this is why my phone kept blowing up and then when i was making a coffee or something trying to figure this shit out my girl monique at work said ian she's like she looks at me and she pauses and she she said that Gigi was on the on the on the on the helicopter and that's when i fucking lost Oof. It. and because I told, I, I said, when they said Kobe died, I, the first thing I said is, I said, I hope his family wasn't on right. there. It's the first thing I said. And then they said five people, like you said, Drew. Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh shit, this is going to, I hope those girls are safe. I hope they're okay. And then she said, Gigi died. And I went to the back, bro, and I fucking hit the wall so hard. And it didn't sink in until I got home. Right. Where I wept like a baby. I haven't wept like that in a long time and so many emotions were coming through me that and i'm grown dude i've been i've seen some shit in my life dude 
and I came home and I cried like I cried like a little baby. And I, I, I thought, and we'll get into it a little later, but this shit has hit me so hard, Drew. Yeah. So hard. How about, what were you doing? Man, I don't know what I would have done if I'm, I was, I was quite thankful that, you know, when it all was said and done that this happened to me on a Sunday because I don't have to work, you know, on Sundays. Um, I don't know what I would have done if, if, if it would have happened to me in, in the middle of a work day. I was planning on having a nice fucking day. Um, I had just gotten this little coffee shop across the street. Casey and I go down, my girlfriend go down, grab some coffee. We're coming up to the house, plan it. Like she wants to go walk on the beach on Coronado Island. I'm like, let's do that. Let's that do sounds that. great. Sounds like a good Sunday. I got to edit our podcast that we, that we did on Saturday the day before. I'm like, cool. As long as we're back for that. I was like, uh, you know, there was some sports on. I think I wanted to watch that night. Um, and then, you know, then the the first thing that happened was we were sitting on the couch, like literally planning this out, like looking for restaurants to go eat at. And I got a text from, I think it was John. It was I think group chat. I think it was John, the, the first one. And then, the, then, then, the, then they just kept coming. There was just more and more text messages. I'm like, I'm telling. Casey sitting right next to me. I was like, uh, they're saying that Kobe just died in a helicopter accident. And I've known for a long time that Kobe likes to travel via helicopter. I mean, shit, man. The, Why the, man, not? the man lives in Newport Beach. You know, the, the, only, the easiest way to get into downtown Los Angeles is... Or is, Calabasas is, to Mamba. Yeah, is by helicopter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first thought was, oh, uh, shit. Like, that, that could be legit because I know how frequently he takes his helicopter places. Um, and then the next, this is really where I think I, I, I'm thankful for social media for, for being able to give us this story as quickly as possible. But I'm also like really not thankful because the moments trying to figure out, like you said, when you first hear it and see it, whether or not it's bullshit until it's factual, were excruciating. I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just like refreshing Twitter and uh, refreshing Instagram and trying to go to CNN on TV and Fox on TV and ESPN and just trying to break in to see if this is actually a fact. And I don't know how long it was before I found it on Fox, actually on television, on Fox News. Um, and then more and more confirmations kept coming through. Um, I don't know how long that period was, but like, I don't know how much I breathed during that time trying to figure this out. And then, you know, the first thought, like you had mentioned, was there's five people on this plane, and I thought, oh, fuck, like, there, please don't be the whole family, right? And then it went to nine, and I was really nervous that the whole family was on there with, you know, maybe a couple other people. Um, you know, when it, when it was found out that at least one of his daughters and all these other, you know, beautiful kids and their family were, were going to practice, it was just, it's heart-wrenching, man, and... That's just, it's just so sad. So I think I went definitely into like a a state of shock for a while. And then I just started like when I thought about his family and he's got a fucking seven year, seven month old baby. That'll never know him, dude. Right. And like that hits hard. Mm -hmm. So, um, broke down a little bit there. And then the rest has just kind of been a glaze. You know, I don't really feel a lot right now. I don't see a lot. I've been getting fucked up and drinking. Yeah, me too. Um, I, and the, the point that I was going to make was like the, 
the bad part of the social media for me is like it's really hard for me to escape this fact you know for those moments on sunday when i was really just trying to like not think about it not process it there was not really a place for me to go for that because it was everywhere i looked on social media and i just had to like what you did i had to just like i had to put my phone away and go watch some like some disney channel shit or some other stuff to kind of clear my head from that space for a while. And I thank my girlfriend for being there yeah, for me. You're lucky to have that, dude. Um, she was a big support for me. And my, my father also called me. That was big. Talk with my brother. Um, and part of what we'll get into, I think, is like how we viewed Kobe. And my brother's a couple. They're, they're a couple days apart from each other as far as age goes. Um, and so having someone almost the exact age as my brother and someone I looked up to pseudo in pseudo fashion as a version of a brother, you know, as, as much as I wanted that to be true, uh, to, to die at that stage is, is just was really, really tough for me to take. You know, it's like you said about social, I being that we run a really great brand and people look to us for for, you know, confirmation when that happens, they're looking for the, the newest post and doing all this. The only thing I thought about was I, I wanted nothing to do with that. And what, what, what I did post was just a black picture. It's just black with no caption. Right. Um, and I did that for a reason because that's exactly how I felt. I felt numb, empty, uh, empty yeah. and sad. And I couldn't, again, I had to keep my wherewithal at work. I should have gone home. They should have sent me home. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. Um, or I should have walked out and people would have understood. I shouldn't have been there. But that's how I felt. And that's how I feel right now. Yeah. And I didn't think – and people got it, Drew. They got it. They understood exactly what why we posted that. And honestly, I, I, didn't, po I didn't post anything until last night. I went dark for three days. And I went dark because I don't – I can't explain how I'm feeling. No. I have never in my life – people listen to me that listen to me when I say this. And this is some of the realest shit I've ever said. My best friend was murdered, Lorenzen Wright, who was drafted with Kobe. And we're going to get into how I've met Kobe on numerous occasions and what he meant to me when I was younger. My best friend was fucking murdered. And I haven't cried as much as I've cried in the last three days over a man that wouldn't know me right. uh, 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 from a hole in the wall. Right. You dig? Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't understand. And that's what I'm battling with. And that's why I'm glad you're here. I haven't talked to anybody, bro nobody and so many people hit me up to see if i was okay yeah people girlfriends that i dated in high school teachers that i had in junior high friends that i've hooped with my whole life haven't seen or talked to in 15 years ian you were the first person i thought about when this happened are you okay and that shit's some real shit dude that is some real stuff to me. And I wasn't okay. And then right. how do you respond? Yeah, I'm fine. Right. Nah, no. I'm going through some shit right now. Exactly. I'm dealing. When I, when I posted that post last night and said that this hit me differently, it hit me differently, dude. Yeah. And it hit a lot of people differently. It hit tens of millions of people differently. That's, and that I, I think that kind of blew my mind. Like, I, I knew the basketball community was going to really feel this. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it was naive of me to, to, to not think that, you know, Kobe was much larger than life. I knew that he was involved in so many other things outside of basketball, but I just didn't realize how many people knew and had an opinion of him just globally. I didn't realize that. I, again, I understand that NBA is a very, a very well watched sport around the globe, but it, it, 
it shows it, I think it speaks to the man is, is the impact that it's felt throughout people that barely watched basketball games know this man and 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 felt uh, a feeling of loss I think it's insane it, to me it, it it blows it blows my mind I think Gigi had a lot to do with that oh I agree uh and not saying that people wouldn't care if Kobe just died I'm just saying we we saw the relationship that they had it's obvious when you look in Gigi's eyes that she loved her dad man admired her dad and he speak speaks and spoke so fucking highly about her and you know it's something and it's still going on today drew and i haven't watched basketball we haven't watched one fucking game i don't want to watch i can't imagine those guys that were that were asked to play right right i I don't know and i I don't i think they were only it was too late bro like they had to play like sure i I, yeah the the games that happened that day I can understand. Well, like, well, we got to play the game, but like, the, especially like in these these following days. But you know, those game days on on Sunday that happened, and then Monday games, and I think there was you know, there's been games last night. There's games tonight. I haven't, like you said, I haven't, I haven't watched a single one of them. No, no point. But I can't imagine trying to play in those conditions. Those day games of the Sunday games, insane. Monday, the same thing. That mm-hmm. would just be, and we saw it. We saw we saw the outpour of of emotions from all these guys that have that Kobe's impacted whether or not he even met them. Right. But like, dude, listening and and guys, you know, this is something I say all the fucking time on this show is that these people that we're talking about that, that we comment on and critique in basketball, they're still kids. These are 20 year olds, 21 year olds, 22 year olds who are just like us. They grew up with idols. They grew up admiring people. All these people like Jason Tatum and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, all these people that said, I wouldn't, Devin Booker, I wouldn't have picked up a basketball if it wasn't for Kobe. This was my idol. Right. They lost their idol. Yeah. You know, some of these guys didn't have fathers. They admired Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He and, was definitely my idol as well. Yes. And, I, and, and, and you know what's wild, dude, is even if you were a Laker fan uh, at 30, right, when Kobe came into the league, you know, and then he plays till you're 50. We're talking it's three huge, generations of people. It's huge. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think I think kind of where I am right now with the whole situation is I feel a little bit upset about the fact that they decided to fly in those conditions. I, you know what, Drew? I, it doesn't fucking matter, right? I know. It doesn't and, and, matter. That's a, and that's just kind of where I am right now, though. Would have, should have, could have. It seems like it could have been. It, it probably should have been avoided on a day like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I, if I could travel via helicopter, I would do it every day. It, it's amazing. It would be awesome. But there's, I think there's moments where, you know, I, I, part of me wants to blame the, blame this pilot, right? Like, aren't you the guy that's supposed to say, nope, this, I can't do this. I, we should not be doing this. I can't fucking Uber. I can't fucking see anything. Mm-hmm. Let's get you to Burbank and we'll land it there and mm-hmm. then we'll drive or you know whatever the fucking thing is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I again and I I can't I I don't ever want to like put all the blame on this guy, right? He was doing his job. I mean, as far as I know, the research I've done that that was Kobe's personal he pilot. He only wanted to fly with him. That, that was, was it. That was so I you know, the trust was there and I'm sure he did an amazing job with every other flight that they've had, but like and who knows exactly what happened? Maybe it was a. I mean, we're still under investigation of like exactly how this all went down, uh, and and maybe it was a mechanical failure. But I saw today 
um, a pilot had recreated the the route. I did see that. Goldman um, posted that. Yeah, and and I watched the whole thing intently, and you know there was constant communication to the towers that he was going by, and they were constantly talking to him about you know you know this cloud cover and how high he should fly, and he was he was communicating appropriately. He I was. mean, he was reading the right levels. Um, and then when it got to a spot, like I, it's so crazy to me because I'm watching this on Google earth and I'm like, I drove, I, so the facility that is the Mamba Academy, Been there. um, is it, it was just, a, it used to be just a, a gym that was there. And that's where I used to have two weeks, two days a week. I would practice at the gym in, in Thousand Oaks, uh, for, for Branch West. It was my AAU team. So I, I took this road that they were taking over Google Earth in my car when I was 16 years old uh, to practice two times a week. And it was just so surreal, like, watching the helicopter take this path. And I'm like, I know this exit. I know exactly where they're going. And the the footage on there seemed like he took a sharp left because I think he realized, you know, this, I can't, I can't navigate. The The hills are too high. I need to, I need to, full, you know, like, pull up or I need to do something different and get back to safety. I To me, that's where I currently am with this because... That's all I have is, is these questions like, man, this shouldn't happen because it, Kobe shouldn't be gone right now. But like you said, that doesn't really doesn't, matter now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. And, I, I, and that's, that's something I need to let go. But mm-hmm. it's something that, I, I, that keeps me tossing and turning a little bit right now is, is, is grappling with that because of the passengers that were on that plane or yeah. that helicopter. Yeah, and, you know, thinking about the other families too, like – they were just going to a tournament at the Mamba facility. Gianna was ready to play. They were gonna you know, excited to play. This other family maybe has never ridden in a helicopter, and the, you know they're like, "Well, you know, Kobe will take us in the chopper," and they're probably really excited. Like we're gonna pull up there, and then you know that happens. And I want to kind of get back to if you want to see how important this man was. I mean. That's why I had to stop on on the social. When you see, you know, me growing up, Shaq was larger than life. Shaq was and still is. I mean, he's yeah. Shaq. He's the biggest, meanest dude you, you'd ever want to see on a basketball court. And we're seeing all of our idols, Tracy McGrady, uh, Kyrie Irving, Shaq, EJ, um, Jerry West, Doc Rivers, all doing the same thing that we are doing, crying. And, and sobbing for because this happened. This goes to show you what kind of man Kobe was. And I want to explain to people that don't live in Los Angeles. Because it hits different in Los Angeles too. You know, we have this attachment to Kobe because we grew up with Kobe. Kobe was drafted at 17 years old. We watched him get drafted and say he wants to be better than Michael Jordan. We watched him sit on the bench. We watched him beat out Eddie Jones for a starting position. We watched him fail in air ball free throws in Utah. We watched him three-pointers. Three-pointers. We watched him win basketball games. We watched him triumph. We watched him win championships. We watched him get married and have kids. We watched him be a human being and make mistakes in Colorado and own up to them. He didn't fucking shy away from it. I got chills right now, bro. He didn't shy away from it. He went on stage with his wife and said, you know what? I fucked up. Just like all humans do. I fucked up. And he took it on the fucking chin 
and went back to playing basketball. And then we watch him score 81. And then we watch him win another couple titles. And then we 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 watch the Christmas Day game meeting Shaq for the first time after all their beef and we couldn't wait to see it. And 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 then we see him tear his Achilles and then we see him come back and score 60 points in his final game like a true god does and and walk off the fucking court. And then we watch him we were all scared. We were scared. We were concerned about Kobe going into retirement because where's the competition going to be? Kobe, Kobe is that guy. Uh, where's where is the uh, where's the uh, challenge for Kobe? And he took it gracefully. He said, "I just want to be a dad." And all he's been doing, you know what, dude? Now and he won a fucking it, Oscar. He won a fucking Oscar. Facts for a great piece. He won an Oscar. He won an Oscar. <laughs> um. And then we see him be like all of our other friends, bro. I just want to be around my kids. I want to teach them. And he talks about his kids a lot, Drew. And Gigi in particular because she latched on. She was the one that chose who? Chose who? It was old. I mean, there was only two that were old enough to choose who. And one is 17, chose volleyball. Volleyball. And is, is, as far as I know, quite good. Right. Um, And and then this one decided to to play hoop. And, And I think... Uh, as far as I can tell, Kobe said she she started around ten. So mm-hmm. he really seems like he kind of let them make that decision. But like you, on like their his own. parents, you should. Right. And it was interesting watching because again, again and, but this, she was the one that that chose who definitely, and that was obviously a very special connection. That well, they had. well, he had mentioned something that my father told me when he was talking about parenting. He's like, you know, let your kids choose what they want. Whatever they're passionate about, be behind them 100%. But going back to basketball, when he was explaining to, I don't know if it was Kimmel or if it was on All the Smoke, but he's like, I loved that she chose basketball because then I got to go back and teach basics. Right. What I, You know what? He's like, Start from foot, the beginning. Beginning footwork. You know what Shit I'm saying? Shit that he fell in love with. Yes. The yeah. process. Dude. Yeah. I'm, he got to teach her the process. He said, we worked... The team. They, first of all, Kobe's practices are pretty intense, from what I hear. But who's shocked? Who was? Who, yeah, who I'm would not ever shocked. Be shocked. I'm not to hear shocked. That. That's but right. he was saying, like, we spent a year in practice on footwork, and and it's it's everything in her game, and you can see, you can see that, you know, that clip of Kobe at the at the at the at the Nets game, dude, and they're sitting courtside, and he's explaining, like Gianna's asking him questions, and he's explaining, and there's a point when she's explaining to him something, and he looks at her, and he's like, "Yeah, that's yeah, it. like you get it, that's yeah, that's what I'm talking exactly." And you know, back to like growing up with him, like Kobe is not much older than me, right? Um, and I had some really great experiences. I was blessed enough. You know, for those that don't know, I was a ball boy for the Clippers uh, for for a long time. And I, when I came home on Sunday, dude, I went through some of my old stuff and I found, <laughs> I found this newspaper article that was written about me, right? And they were just talking, because I had such, uh, dude, I was a ball boy at 12 till I was like, <laughs> till I was 20. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had a really great childhood when it comes to basketball and that's why uh, I'm still doing what I love to do doing this. But this article was written because I worked this, the finally got to work the Fila Summer Pro League. And the Pro League that was held at the Pyramid in Long Beach, like it was hard for me to get there. I didn't have a license. Like I had to pay people to take me. Well, yeah, that's not close. It's not close from where I grew up. Right. Um, and 
I'm reading it. And it, uh, it was asking me, they were asking me like what I, what I wanted to do after being a ball boy. And I was mentioning like, I want I was quoted to say it. I want to get into public relations or marketing with the Clippers. Uh, first of all, the title of, of, of the article is rice is having a ball this summer in long beach. Rice is my last name. And it says, and I've told this story on the podcast, but it says, since he has such an up and close view of the game, Rice gets an accurate read on some of today's players. He raves about teen sensation Kobe Bryant of the Los Angeles Lakers, who has lit up the competition in the pyramid. Quote, the first night he came out and did an in-between-the-legs dunk and two-line layups, Rice said of the phenom that is just four and a half years his elder, from that moment on, I knew he was going to be a superstar basketball player. And then it goes into um, talking about Shaq coming to the Lakers, and it's a it's a good article. I'll post it if you guys want to see it. You should but definitely post that. I, it's it's an article of like you guys got to understand. I I saw Kobe play his first ever NBA scrimmage game, the first non high school game I, that he ever ever played. played in. Yeah, and this man came out this in true Kobe fashion. That wasn't. It was shocking to me, and I don't know. I've never heard anybody else tell that story except for me. But he came out and did an East Bay dunk, dunk in two line layups, and at that that time that was a that was a dunk contest winner. That's what it was. That's what and won he, him the dunk contest. That's what I and, and 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 he did that in warm ups, <laughs> right? And right. he did it in warm ups. And at that point, and I had been you know around. I've been with the NBA for a minute. I had never seen anything like that. And I'm looking at him like this dude ain't much older than me, right? You know, and I'm like he this dude is gonna be the guy, right? Yeah. So that's when my relationship with Kobe. Kobe started yeah um and so saying that <laughs> saying seeing him play his first game and now having a podcast talking about his death is it's it's unreal man it's unreal and it's not right you know it's it's just not right and to see that this guy had so much ambition and he called it he called it as a fucking sip and mind you at this time the only players that were coming out from the NBA were the big boys. Garnett did it the year before. 6'10", Savage. Mo Moses did it. 6'10", like big body boys. This dude comes out at 6'5", like, yo, I want to be Mike. Yep. <laughs> Mike was his idol. And his focus from the day he came into the NBA was Mike gave us the blueprint. Mike gave me the blueprint. And I'm going to do better than that. Right. <laughs> I'm going to replicate I'm gonna it. Re and do it better. And then try and do it better. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and it's so, it's shocking to me that, that um, and I brought this up to Drew earlier because I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but so many, like I said, so many people hit me up and asked if I was okay. And I'm not a, I'm not a Laker fan. Right. Okay. I'm not a Laker fan. I'm a Clipper fan. I rooted against Kobe constantly. Yeah. I had to. There was, I rooted against him and I hated the Lakers. Right. Because I had to. Did I... Did I enjoy watching him play? Of course. Kobe <laughs> Kobe played because of people like me. Like, you know, I'm going to, you know, let me go out here and drop 60 on you. And, and and being a real Clipper fan and watching the Lakers win championships and Kobe and Shaq win rings and the, and you know, it was hard, dog. Yeah. It was really hard, but growing up in LA, I watched every fucking Laker game cuz I wanted to watch him lose. I saw all of his games. Um and I have one more story. That I've told before. 
and this was a great experience. And this is something that this is something that will stick with me forever. Now, Lorenzen and Kobe were friends. They came out in the same draft. Yeah, they were in the same city. Um, they had a really good relationship together. And Lorenzen and Kobe would work out, and I would go to the work. I'd go to World's Gym in Venice Beach with Lorenzen, and and work out with Kobe and Lorenzen. And we we formed a somewhat of a relationship or whatever. He knew I was the ball boy, and like there was great conversations. And he brought his his uh, trainer out from Philly to work him out all summer, and that transitioned into when the preseason started. Like Kobe knew who I was, and I was the guy that got got everybody the numbers. You know, if they wanted a, g- a girl's number, uh, I was the guy they sent. Oh, like a chick in the crowd? Yeah, whoever it was. Cheerleader, fucking chick in the crowd, whatever it was. Um, until I ta- I, t- I brought a girl, uh, Tara Gregory, to the game, who I took to prom one year, and Maurice <laughs> called me over to get, I think it was Maurice. It was somebody on the Clippers. I thought it was Maurice Taylor. But he's like, hey, dude, go get that guy. I'm like, dude, that's my girl that I brought to the game. <laughs> Chill, bro. Hands off. Hands, hands off. off. And she's too young anyways. I don't think it was Maurice Taylor. I, I, I forget. Put him on blast. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I think Mo listens to the show, and I don't <laughs> And I don't think it was him. I'm, I'm, mis- I, I'm forgetting. But uh, And Kobe knew knew me and uh this is pre Vanessa and I, I I forget who the girl was but I, I went and got the number made sure that he had it afterwards and uh and uh as we were walking up we were walking up to the parking lot but Kobe had the new beamer and I knew he liked music uh Lorenzen used to tell me all the time that you know Kobe couldn't go out so Kobe would sit too, in the yeah, hotel room and write rhymes he write too young <laughs> too young to do it he couldn't he's 121 couldn't it, drink it, it was either the gym or I'm writing writing raps right and I remember that uh, I was asking him, like, well, like, what are you banging right now? He's like, you know, Reasonable Doubt. And I said, dude. And that's Reasonable Doubt had, had dropped like a month earlier or whatnot. Jay-Z's first album. Jay-Z's, right? Yeah. I'm dating myself. No, no, no. But, we but that, sat, was, that was a banger. He's all, you ain't heard this yet? Oh, no. And we sat in his Beamer and in the parking lot. And he played a couple cuts. And I'm sitting in the front seat. And I'm just, we're just bobbing our head. You know, like not a care in the world. I'm with, and it wasn't like I'm with Kobe right now doing this. Like it wasn't that big of a fucking deal. Right. Well, he he was still a relatively unknown. Yeah, but he, and rookie. It's, and it's like I'm with uh, uh, like a, one of my sister's friends. Sure. You know what I mean? Just a little bit older. Um, Listening new some to some new hip hop. Yeah, and and uh, that's a memory that will stick out. A lot of people can't say that, dude. And that stuck out with me for a long time. And then Kobe and I had our beef. I've mentioned our beef a little bit because then after he won the dunk contest, kind of acted like he never knew, didn't know me. Well, a know? lot of faces. He meets a lot. I, of, I see, get it. A lot I of get faces, it. A lot of places. I get it. <laughs> um, and so I took that to heart a little bit because I always judged uh, basketball players that I met on how they treated me, you know. Um, and Kobe was definitely getting on another level at that point. So. I kind of held a grudge for so long, and then they kept winning, and it made me made me even even more upset. Um, but you you always respected him, uh, right? Uh, his game and, and his craft. Always, dude. Because I'm I'm a basketball player first, um, and nobody outworked Kobe. And Kobe made sure that you knew that nobody was going to outwork Kobe. And I always wanted that on my team. I always wanted a Kobe on my team, but we never got that. And listening to and there was that time where Kobe was going to be a Clipper. Um, and listening to Jerry West talk about it last night where he said he had two Kobe was verbally agreed to the Clippers. Yeah, it was 2004. Uh, I thought it was six. Oh, it could have been six. Yeah. I thought it was six. Kobe was over management, was over the players. Right. Didn't want to leave LA. And Jerry West just told him, you cannot play for this owner. Um, and Jerry West took this really hard too. Cause he felt like he was a father figure for, for Kobe. For I'm a sure minute. he was. I mean, I guess I can start with 
my relationship to the Lakers runs a little deeper than my relationship with Kobe. Because in my household, I was raised, my dad was a diehard Laker fan. So I, I was aware of all the greats that, that came before Shaq and Kobe. Because at the time, when I was growing up, I was born in 1989. Kobe's drafted in 96. I was seven years old. Young buck. And that was really, seven, eight years old, was really as I was becoming cognizant and able to remember guys and be like, oh, that's Michael Jordan. Oh, that's Patrick Ewing. Oh, that's Kobe Bryant. But I had the history passed down to me from my father. So I very much grew up a, a Laker fan and Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Gail Goodrich, you know, even George Mikan. My, my dad's focus was mostly on the West era because that's when he grew up and that's when he fell in love with the Lakers. So as soon as I was eight years old, Kobe was immediately my favorite player. Um, always, always admired Jordan, but Jordan didn't seem like a real figure. Jordan, um, at the time when I became aware, was just six rings, <laughs> four, five, six you rings. That. You missed I, that. I mean, I did. I, you know, when I, when he was having those, the first, the first repeat, I was just not, didn't I? You know, I wasn't paying attention to anything. Right. Uh, the second repeat, I caught the end of, and really, that's. Michael Jordan sparked my my love my love for basketball, but Kobe carried it through, and so there's very few moments that are tied to basketball that bring me joy that are not related to Kobe Bryant. Right? I was lucky enough to be born at that time to literally witness his entire career in its in its full. Like I watched pretty much every game Kobe ever played. Pretty much from the time I was eight until the time he retired in 2016, which would have made me 27. Um, I think the thing that's that's uh, most amazing to me, obviously he was an amazing basketball player and watching him develop over those years um, was nothing short of remarkable. But the thing that, that, that really resonates with me is, is how different he became towards the end of his career when it would have been really easy for him to rest on the laurels of having three rings with Shaq and being scoring 36 points a game and that wasn't enough exactly mm-hmm. and those years where that's really where I you know my 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 tie to basketball was was formed was in those years between my ages of eight and like 12 is really, really you know, I, I love this game and then it like confirmed it and, and I was all the way in then you started is playing. my favorite right yeah. exactly all that all that happened during that time and that was all during the time um that the Lakers were winning and Kobe and Shaq were all glorious and then through my adolescence was really when like in high school when he went through that drought where Shaq was gone w- the Lakers chose Kobe over Shaq and it shit was not really working you know for all those years um and instead of taking the route that he could have very easily took and just said, fuck it. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to work with anybody. Nobody's on my level. I'm just going to score 36. Or go somewhere else. Or go somewhere else. And, and, and I mean and I mean that in this, in this statement. Mm-hmm. He could have averaged 36 points a game anywhere he wanted to in the NBA. Uh, but instead of that, he chose, you know, for whatever reasons, to stay with the Laker organization and become a different person. He became a true leader. And that's something that's not easy knowing what we know about Kobe, right? He grew up in Italy, moving from town to town, 
being an you know someone that was foreign essentially in in his home nation um and not being able to make friends and have long lasting relationships he was naturally an introvert and part of the reason that he fell in love with the with the game of basketball is because it was always around it was, and he didn't need, didn't have to speak a different language to to do it and he could just obviously his dad his dad's influence of course and you know growing up with the game all of that but he fell in love with it on a deeper level and so it's understandable to to have that knowledge of him and be like okay i get why he wasn't like the ultimate team guy he was just an introverted guy who just did his stuff did what he wanted to do loved what he did and focused on it and expected everyone else to be doing that too and i think throughout those early years it's easy to think uh of how difficult that personality would have been to 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 be on a team with i mean as a guy who's i'm not built that way unfortunately for me i wish i was i'm built more like Shaq. like i want to have fun i want to i want to you know be around my teammates i want to joke around and i and then you know when it's time to work i'm I'm ready to put in the work but i very much separate those two things and want to be on the joyous side of things so i never really understood kobe from that aspect of the dedication the grind and it's something that he's illuminated to me over the course of my life and something that i'll take with me every day moving forward and hope to hope to uh, achieve even a portion of, of the level of drive that he's displayed in his life. But the transition that I'm talking about, I think is what confirms him as a legend for me. Um, and as an icon is because he's always evaluating his weaknesses on the court and then off the court, because he changed the way that he interacted with his teammates and became a leader and a mentor, not just to the guys that in that locker room that he was able to, to, you know, go to a finals with and lose to the Celtics, unfortunately, and then win two in a row after that. Not just to those guys, but to after that, to literally everyone in the league. You can see it. Like we said, like you said, Kobe's going to live on in every time, you know, Kyrie does some crazy move that Kobe told him to do. Every time that Jason Tatum does a fadeaway or all of these guys that are in the NBA have taken something from this man, whether it's been even one-on-one personally or just stuff that they've watched and, and, and the way that he's inspired them. And that's something that I didn't see for him, to be honest. Right. Can I, can I tell you something though? Yeah. There was a quote from Phil Jackson that made so much sense. And this will put everything that you're saying in perspective that Phil Jackson was the one that had to sit Kobe down. Cause Kobe was demanding a lot. Come on. Kobe demanded a lot from his teammates from everybody, coaching staff and everything. And Phil Jackson sat him down and said, Kobe, your 10, like you going at 10, is so much different than everybody else. Like their 10 is your six. Right. You know, and yes. you have to understand that not everybody has this, you know. And, and, and let's be honest, like Kobe was, was lucky, was really lucky to have, he hated Del Harris. Del, Del Harris benched him and didn't didn't see the value in him. And then he gets a teacher, which is Phil Jackson. And Phil was kind of telling him that you need to start teaching. You know, be more open. Your ten is somebody is, is your is your seven is somebody else's ten. So I think he took that to heart. Yeah. And that's when he started taking players under his wing. Yeah. And teaching. And you know, we always wanted. We always said like. If I was D'Angelo Russell, I would be in the fucking gym with Kobe. I'd be banging on all day his, long on his door. Right. And I don't think they really understood that. You know, no, I think a lot of players regret that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, a, a lot of the players that are currently in the league, I think took for granted that oh, maybe I'll work with Kobe next summer, not this summer. This summer, I you know I worked real hard this summer or this season. I'm going to take some weeks off, and I'm I'm not going to go to 
Kobe, you know, I'm not going to go to the, the Mamba Academy. But even that, even the Mamba, Drew. Sure. Even Kobe being like, you know what? I want all the best players in the NBA to come here. I'm, I want to share with you with what I know. This is my 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 uh, my value to the game right now is going to be to teach you guys what I know. And that is such a huge shift in what Kobe Bryant was and what he personified for those first couple years. So um, the reason I bring this up is because that really has more to do with being a man yeah, uh, than it has to do with being a basketball player. We all know the level of greatness that he was. I will be able to share that greatness, thankfully, with my children and the people that I care about that are young that won't know Kobe. I will. We do have the footage. We have the footage. Thank God that he played yeah. in the era that he did because we have it, right? Uh, so I'll be able to play clips and we'll be able to watch ESPN classics of Kobe's performances, and that will never leave because we have this era. Even the show he was doing. Details. Where details, where he's breaking ESPN down Plus. the game. God, he, he was a savant. One thing that these coaches and players will tell you that he studied and asked questions and picked brains. Doc Rivers said something today where he was just like, uh, Kobe would let you know when you did something right. Yeah. Like when 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 we did a defensive scheme against him or Doc pulled something out in the playoffs and when he was with Boston, Kobe would look over at him and be like, you did, you did that right. Nailed it. Like Kobe's telling the coach that you did something right. right. Um, yeah. And I, th I think that um, – and even from a father's standpoint, dude, we're seeing this generation, the Carmelos, the Chris Pauls, the LeBrons, you know, being really heavily involved with their kids. Totally. And, and taking pride in being a really good father. Um, it's pretty amazing to see LeBron take the chopper to go watch Bronny play and then go try to get into a game um, because that's really important. And at the end of the day, this is just basketball. Being a father and being a role model is way more important and being a great uh, a philanthropist and being contributing in society and it's uh it's way more than being a good basketball player in my eyes and being raised by a great father I admire that shit. I I agree 100%. And I think he I think he personified that in the latter years of his career and then as he obviously as he left he became seems like he became the the best father that he could be, which is amazing. To kind of wrap things up about like the way what my relationship with Kobe as a fan, he was everything. He was the hero. He was, you know, I tried to steal all those moves as many as I could. I was not athletic on the same level as him. So many of those moves fell way short. <laughs> um, but he was the he was he was a foundation. He was a rock of a, a part of my life that I could count on right every year. Kobe Bryant's going to be in a Laker jersey, and we're going to – if we have Kobe, we have a shot definitely. at winning a championship. Um, and that's something that, you know, I have definitely have lost, you know, since since his retirement. But, you know, since his Achilles, you know, it's been a lot of years where it's like, well, fuck, I don't – you know, as a Laker fan, I don't know if we have it this year. Um, but just in general, he was a hero to me. He was an inspiration. As I mentioned earlier, he is, he's roughly the same age as my brother – and that always tied him to me in a in a really different way because they my brother and him experienced things virtually at the same time, right? Like in 1996, my brother was definitely bumping Reasonable Doubt yeah. at the same time yeah. that Kobe was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and my brother was a really special athlete in his younger in his younger days as well. And so, to me, Kobe was always of you know like a 
some some fictional extension of of me and my family because we I loved I loved him. I I watched every game that he played and you know, uh, my dad and I both yelled at him many times when he wouldn't pass to the guy who was wide open and took the three, but we would also cheer when he would hit that fucking three with two guys on him and and save the day. So uh Kobe will always be special um and will always go down, you know, in in my book as my favorite player that ever lived. I'm so grateful I got to watch his whole career. And the tragedy now for me really is the family aspect like we're talking about. That's what really continues to make me sad is not only do we lose out on seeing the next chapter in Kobe's life, which I think he was going to be great, amazing be great, at. Whatever he, whatever he, I mean, he was already doing a lot of things, but it was just the beginning for that shit. And I, I really am going to miss out on seeing um, another another jersey with the name Brian on the back. Be be out there shooting hoops, and and, and his daughter, she was crushing, she, she was, was killing happen. it. it was so that's devastating. That is just so devastating. The fact that he's got the you know the, the, the family, his wife, and the three other daughters, uh, really, really, it's hard for me to get past that. But I I did want to. I was sitting there. I'm thinking about like what I need to say about here, and I think I did a terrible job of representing how much Stop. Kobe did for me and mental I just don't have the I don't know if I have the wherewithal right now but I was able to jot down some stuff as far as Lakers go because Magic Johnson has said it on multiple occasions Kobe Bryant's the greatest Laker and you know I I always agreed with that and to me I think it's it's still true but there I know there's a lot of people that are like well you know Kareem's number 1 <laughs> in scoring and Magic has five titles too and so I did a, I did a little bit of a, a just a couple pieces of research to Tell to me. affirm Kobe Bryant played 20 years with this organization and literally every other name that's that's hanging up on a jersey in Staples Center for the Lakers played less than that. So there's that number one. 20 fucking years with this organization. Five titles. Obviously, I still think he's the greatest. Jerry West only played 14 years with the Lakers. That's still a long time, though. Kareem only 14. Magic only 13 years, even though there was a four-year gap in between. He probably would have played all those years. Shaq only eight. Wilt only five years with the Lakers, Worthy, 12 years, Elgin Baylor, 14 years. And the reason I think that that actually does justice to me is that it's, yes, you know, maybe some of these players had some different accolades. Uh, you know, obviously Kareem, number one scorer, uh, but he spent six years with Milwaukee before he became a Laker. Um, the only one, I think Jerry West and I think Magic are the only one and two that could be considered greater. Uh, Magic has five titles, but to me, Kobe will always be the greatest Laker in my eyes, dude, there is, um, and I had this conversation today with my boy, Lauren, you can say Jerry West, you can say magic Johnson, but until you've met I mean, Kobe fans are a different breed, dude, different breed. I mean, we saw it the day that this happened, what, what happened outside of Staples center and this, he embodies Laker basketball, man. And you know what? Most of these people that are in love with Kobe, they didn't see Jerry West. But I didn't see Jerry West play. I heard stories. And, yeah, he was great. These kids can go to YouTube, bro, and see exactly who Kobe Bryant was. And, um, I, I mean, as of now, too, with everything that happened, it has to be. Yeah. I am I am 100% fine 
with the logo changing to Kobe, I am 100% fine with nobody wearing 24 or 8 again. I am 100% fine with putting 24 up in every single arena in the NBA. And I think all NBA players, there's already been 3 million people have, vote, have, have signed a petition saying the logo should go. Every NBA player, we're seeing um, um, people change their jerseys right now. Changing their jersey Anybody number. that has 24 or 8 is switching the numbers. Yep. They get it, man. This is... This is so much bigger than basketball. And that's such a cliche quote to say because people say that all the time. It's bigger than basketball. It's bigger than – and this is, dude. We're seeing this, and we're going to see it in the next coming days, just how much of a, an effect and an influence that this man had on men, women, and children. Like, I can't believe that on all seven continents this man is being praised yeah. and loved. And he – how – how Kobe affected me, um, and obviously it affected me in a certain type of way, is no greater or as, or worser than how it affected you or how it affects LeBron James or how it affects the kid in the Philippines who just loves Kobe Bryant. Whether he was the best friend in the world, whether you've never been to a Laker game ever in your life, whether you've sat in his car and fucking banged reasonable doubt, we all share this, and we will all share. This is the shit that that I never understood. I mean, I I got it. My mom. I remember my mom telling me like, JFK dying to her and to to the, to our nation was huge. I, I remember where I was. Yeah. She she knows what she was eating. She remembers being at school. Martin Luther King dying. Like, uh, you know, Magic getting AIDS. Like th- these are big things. Yeah. Or getting HIV. Excuse me. But January twenty sixth of twenty twenty. This is going to go down. I know. I will never forget. Never. Um, I, that was something I wanted to bring up, too, is, hmm. is I think part of the reason why so many people, I mean, it's just so shocking, right? Like, he's so young. Uh, this this shouldn't happen. And there was no, there's no transition, right? There wasn't like, oh, Kobe was in a crash. He's in the hospital. Uh, there was no time for us to, pro- it was just, he's dead, right? There was no. He might pull through. He might not. We're, you know, he's in critical condition. There was no time and space for thought. It was just one moment he was alive, one moment he was there. It was so final. But it, I, what I was trying to say was in global events that are this shocking, the only two that I thought of that were this well-known was like Princess Diana. My mom said that. When she, well. when she died in a car accident, that was out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew who she was. Right. And that was out of nowhere, and people felt an, a tremendous amount of loss here, all throughout America, where you know we're, we're, we have very little connection to that woman. And then Magic Johnson, well, because because only because at that time when he announced it, it was almost like it's a death sentence. a death sentence, and it felt like because also because he had to retire, he had to say I'm right. I'm also stopping playing. Mm-hmm. It really did feel like a form of finality, like okay, Magic is you know Magic is done playing, and he's we're going to eventually have to say goodbye to him. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that he's still with us, but that was the only two things that I could kind of relate to such a sudden well, not- tragedy. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I agree with you uh, as far as January 26th being a day that, uh, that I will always remember where I was and uh, how I felt. For me, this is, I'm, I'm not great at dealing with loss. I've been lucky in my life to not have to deal with it too often. I don't know how long this is going to take for me to get through. I, I, I'm definitely still not 
you know, not not near <laughs> the ending of the grieving process. This is still fresh, bro. Yeah. This is still something very new. And um, I think the tributes that are going to continue to pour out are, are things that I need to go through. I mean, watching Shaq and, and watching all these guys have their emotions, um, you know, right on their sleeve. And I, I'm so proud and brave. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm happy that they're they're brave enough to, to share that with us because it's helping me go through this process as well. So. Because they're dealing with the same thing. Oh man, I can only imagine how it must be for those guys that truly were friends and and had you know built amazing relationships with him. That that just can't be, you know, it's just a guy that did seem so invincible. It's just you know that's just not. And I I do I I'm afraid that I'm not doing justice to this because it just it is so fresh. So maybe we'll have some time, some reflection, and, and we might revisit this down the road because I do feel like this is probably going to come up for me, especially, you know, if the Lakers. <clears throat> God, it feels so fucking weird to say, like, if the Lakers go on to win a championship or something like that this year, there's no way that, the, you know, that it's going to be attached, like, forever. Like, I, you know, and I don't even know how to, how I would process. I think I would weep. Um, I would too, if, though. If, if we won the title and it would be such a, something I've been, dri- I've been striving for, for, you know, for 10 years, <laughs> something I've looked forward to this moment where we're actually in contention and we have a good team and hey, but you know, things you are know, moving the right way. And then it's like, this happens. And it's like, I don't even, I mean, fucking cancel the season as far I, as I'm I, concerned. And I feel the same way, you know, nothing that a championship doesn't matter anymore to me. Like as much as, as, as excited as we were for this season, like, there's a part of me, and I told this to my boy Lauren, that I'm like, you know what? If LeBron pulls off a chip this year, I'm I'd be fine with it. You know, I'd be completely fine with it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm anybody playing in the NBA, I'd be really scared of LeBron right now. Really fucking. Scared. I think, I think uh, you know, a lot of fans around the nation are going to rally around this Laker team naturally. Um, I think we'll become you know kind of america's team for maybe the first time because there's a lot of laker haters out there oh, i yeah. mean i mean when, just like the patriots there's a lot of patriots haters out there a lot of spurs haters out there a lot of teams that are really good get a lot of haters uh but i think this year it's going to be a lot of okay lakers you know it's it's all right to win it and and um a, a quick note to lebron when kobe passed michael to go into third uh, the all-time scoring list uh, the game was stopped, and LeBron or, and Kobe was given the game ball, and there was a ceremony. Everyone stood up in the crowd and clapped, and <clears throat> I think it was in it was away. I think it was an away game. I think it was a game we were playing somewhere else. It's in Philly. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when oh, Kobe when Kobe, when did, Kobe okay. did it. LeBron had this momentous occasion happen on Saturday night, where he passed Kobe Bryant to become the number two scorer or number number three scorer all time. In NBA history, and he had to immediately be forced with the death of the guy that he passed, an idol of his that he passed. So LeBron, um, you know, we're, I'm definitely feeling for him because this is supposed to be a very joyous moment, and it's it's never going to be forever as long as he remembers this moment. It will always be tied to the death of one of his best friends and his idols, mm-hmm. and that is a tragedy in itself. So. Uh, I want to say, LeBron, congratulations first and foremost on your career and, and what you're continuing to do on the floor. Secondly, bro, we you know, Laker Nation is yours now, man. We're all with you. Like, if there was any sort of divide, that should all be done and squashed. I mean, this is this is an opportunity for him to really help us heal. <laughs> 
regardless of championship yeah, or not. Regardless, just play. It's, it's just a great opportunity for him to him and this whole team and organization to help us all heal. Um, and I and I have I have I'm actually quite happy that he's a leader on our team during this tragedy. Uh, as opposed, as opposed to some in the past that we wouldn't have had the leadership to, you know, to guide us through this. Just as men and as <laughs> and as an organization and as a team and as a, a fan base, I am I am uh, I'm grateful and I'm I'm hopeful that LeBron can can help us all pull pull through this. I know it's a lot to ask because the man has to be feeling his own emotions, but I think there's an opportunity here for him too. Kobe would have wanted them to forever get, get up and hope. Yeah, yeah. that's what he would have wanted. Um, I wanted Laker Nation to know something really, really quick too. Um, because of my divide, because of I, you know, I am Clippers till the day I die. Um, I've ne- I don't wear yellow. There's no purple in my house. Okay, I've never. The only time I had to wear a Laker jersey was the the yep. the day I lost the bet to Drew, which is still up for review, but that's okay. We'll talk about that at a later date. Um. There are two pieces in my house that I have uh, that that are two Lakers that I, I respect and I've always respected. And I, if you look over there, I have my Chick Hearn bobblehead Chick. next to all my Laker guys. And then right behind me, behind my chair that I sit every night, I have a Kobe Bryant art mob piece hanging in my house. Um, and this this piece is a piece of five pictures of Kobe going through his whole career from – from Lower Marion to um, to uh, Lakers, Lakers All Star Team USA, yeah. because I've I've watched all that and I respect him so much that he's hanging in my house. So that means a lot to me. Um, and I kind of want to I want to sum this up from me personally. There is no silver lining in any of this shit that happened. You know. There is no, you know, some people commented like this was God's plan and God doesn't make mistakes. Well, you know what? He made a fucking mistake. And I don't and I don't care if it's blasphemous. I don't care if people get mad at me for this. He made a really big mistake in this. And there is no silver lining. But if you if you if if I can take away anything from this, Drew, the thing that gets me that's gotten me the past three days was this. They knew they were going to die, dog. You know, they knew it. Every you 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 know in a plane crash, you know in a helicopter crash, you know you're gonna die. And I just know that I knew Kobe knew the moment, and I would want Kobe. I think Kobe took it like a champ. He knew this was gonna happen, and I, you know what? I'm gonna be with my daughter, and I'm a, and and ESPN reported that they they found the bodies hugging embracing i knew that he protected his daughter and he wasn't scared kobe probably took it like the champ that he was the fearless man that he was and even facing death i think kobe faced it like a champ like fuck it let's do it i got this and gianna i got you too and the only silver lining is this dude that that he got to go with her on this next chapter in their in in their life that they got to do this they got to go out together because I think Kobe wouldn't be. I I I don't know how. I I can't imagine how Vanessa feels. I can't imagine how the family feels. And just seeing that their their relationship together, I don't think Kobe would be the same Kobe if he, if he lost his daughter. And Absolutely. He, and he stayed. So that's my silver lining in this. 
if there is one. Mm-hmm. And also, I just I you know, it all come pretty much everything in my life comes back to Lorenzen. You know, to my to my boy that's been gone. It's gonna be ten years in July. They were homies, and I'm just hoping that maybe maybe there. And Lorenzen lost his daughter in 2010. Sierra, she was 11 months old. I'm 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 hoping that um that they're all they're all up there. And I you know there was that meme, and I'm laughing because it's it was a meme because it was so Kobe, you know. Kobe walking into heaven like asking, "Where's Will Chamberlain at? Let's play one on one on one." You know, right? And uh, that's the only positive thing I can take from it, Drew. Yeah. And what I will know is this, that for forever, <laughs> forever, his name will be echoed in gymnasiums and in streetball courts and um, classrooms shooting cla- paper, yep. paper and that's trash That's what cans. it is, man. That's why I posted that. We're in, and that's how it's going to be. Forever. Uh, forever. Well said. I, um, I think the, uh, the only comfort that I have right now for myself is that I I was a witness to this man's greatness and as long as I have the breath if given an opportunity to share that legacy or to try and be a better man father all of that husband right you know because I don't you know I, I give a shit about my jump shot right now mm-hmm. um in regards to basketball and just in life, I think I'm, I'm, what I'm going to be excited about is sharing Kobe with people that might not have, as we get as we grow older, hopefully, knock on wood, being able to share that with people and, and perpetuating his story and his legacy that we know will never go anywhere. You know, his Raptors, his jersey are going to be up in the Raptors forever. People are always going to see him, and they're, they're always going to see him on the records and in you know all these different NBA records that he has and where he is and the greatness of him but also you know off the court as well I just I think that that Mamba Academy he set it up and it you know we talk about legacy that's literally touched by Kobe's hands and, and I think that'll move forward and continue to grow I hope I pray um, but just knowing that we all have a little bit of Kobe with us and, and we're able to share it at a moment's notice gives me some comfort going off of legacy. I haven't, um, I haven't spoken. Uh, I spoke to my dad for a, a moment and I spoke to my mom for a moment who was checking up on me and I haven't spoken them, with them since Sunday, which is, is not like me, but my mom did send me an email and she wanted me to read this. And this is perfect for exactly what you're saying. And this was, um, Kobe on legacy. And this is, uh, this is a quote. It says, Kobe says, it's the one thing you can control. You're responsible for how people remember you or don't. So don't take it lightly. If you do it right, your game will live on in others. You'll be imitated and emulated by those who play, who you played with, those you played against, and those who never saw you play at all. So leave everything on the court. Leave the game better than you found it. And when it comes time for you to leave, leave a legend. And I mean, fuck, man. If that's not the realest shit you've ever heard, that you can control your legacy. And that's exactly what he did. And look what you can leave a legend. You're leaving a legend. <laughs> you know, and, and to be fair to basketball, there might be another Kobe Bryant. Just like there, you know, Michael was the standard and the closest thing we've had to Michael is 
literally Kobe is Michael. It's the same thing. 2.0. And then after Kobe, there's LeBron. And then there's KD. And there's going to be Zion. And there's going to be a bunch of other guys. But there's only one Kobe, man. And and it's true to form, dude. Once you get that one name, that one name, when you go Kobe. by that one name, yeah, Mike, Kobe, Jeter, Pele, you know what I mean? You've made it, and you are legendary status. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm just really sad that we're gonna miss out on this next, this next chapter. Yeah, I guess to kind of wrap this up, I'll just say some words to, to Kobe. Thank you, man. These words are, are, are hard for me to find right now, but there's not going to be a moment where I see a basketball or a hoop um, or kids running around playing where I don't tie that to Kobe Bryant in my mind. And I thank him for inspiring me to be as good at basketball as I could have been with my own shit going on. Um, and I'm, I'm, I miss you already. I, I do. It's uh I thought I thought we would have some more decades together. For real. And um you're my hero. I'll I'll say my last piece too, and I think it's fitting that we do it like everybody else did it. And that's with I mean the name of this episode is going to be Dear Kobe. Um so here's my Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe I enjoyed rooting against you for 20 years. Um, I enjoyed watching you evolve and turn into something so much bigger than we thought that we didn't see. Jerry West saw it, you know, he saw it early. Thank you for inspiring the next generation of Hoopers, you know, to be some version of you. And like we said earlier in the show, your game lives on. It lives on through a Kyrie finish, through a Devin Booker step back, through a Kevin Durant. You know, it's going to live on through all of these players. And inspiring me to know that basketball comes to an end and you have to be ready to embrace it. And you have to find something that that's going to keep you going and keep you like motivated and keep you inspired. And this is why we do this pod. Guys, we do this because of basketball. We love fucking basketball. There's nothing else in this world I love more than basketball. And that's something that we share with Kobe. Kobe was so passionate about the game. And we can all be passionate about the game in our own ways. It can be photography. It can be coaching. It can be analytics. It can be podcasts. It can be do it can it can it can be anything. So thank you for inspiring me. To try something new and step out of, of out of out of my comfort zone and our comfort zone, and you know what, dude, it's it's turned into something bigger than we thought. You know, this game again, this game is so much bigger than people think, and I think it's only fitting, Drew, that we're gonna take him out with Kobe's last bucket and with Lil Wayne's song about Kobe, which is just perfect for this. Our thoughts and prayers, and I hate saying that because it sounds so, you know, so cliche, but our thoughts and prayers are out to everybody that is feeling sadness and hurt from this. The families that were lost, all the people that were affected, 
every basketball fan in the world that's feeling the same shit that we're feeling right now. My prayers are with you. Our prayers are with you. And you know what? We're going to get through this shit together. <laughs> we're going to get through it all together. And I, I, I advise everybody to say how you feel. You know, get it out there. Post that post um, about Kobe and how he made you feel. If that makes you feel better, do that. You know, get it all out. And, and, and uh, you know, tell, the, tell your people that you love them. Tell your mom you love them. Tell that dude you're beefing with right now that it's cool. The shit's squashed. You know, we're going to find a way to come back from this. We're going to find a way to put on a really great show next week, you know, and, and want to watch basketball again. Because I, I, I need another four days, dude. Let's, yeah, I want eight days a morning. I'm, I want to take eight days, Drew, and then we owe it to everybody else that we got to come back to. We got to have the Mamba mentality when it comes to this fucking podcast because we can't sit. But that's what he would want. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So we're gonna. that's what we're going to take you out with. Ball is life. Um and I think it's only fitting that we do we do one uh, we do have one crumpled up piece of paper in the Kobe. Here's Bryant, two free throws for 60. He has six 60-point games in his career. floor with Hayward 13 seconds left Hayward on the drive layup no good rebound gets in the hands of Kobe throws it ahead to Clarkson and Clarkson will dunk it 4.1 to go timeout Utah he's the best player in the game it's just that simple. There's nothing that Kobe Bryant can't do. He will defend your best player. He will shoot from the perimeter. He will get all in your muck. He will do whatever it takes. He is the most complete basketball player in the game today, bar none. He has an assassin's mentality. I said this week, I said this when the trade went down, and I'll repeat it again. Who's starving more for an NBA World Championship more than Kobe Bryant? There is no one. This guy is highly motivated separates Kobe from the pack. From the pack. More than Kobe Bryant.
struggle Cause I don't take the breaks, I just break records <laughs> And I prefer the ball with three seconds And I bet we gon' win it all in three seconds You did, that is a guarantee apparently And please tell your defense, don't ever man to man with me Double team, triple team saying that he's definitely the best player in our league um to me in my eyes the best scorer in our in our in our league and it's i mean i don't know if it's another it's not another guy in this league that can accomplish some of the things that he's doing right now Never take a day off Catch you at the top Put the key and get a J off Baseline FaceTime Tongue out like 2-3 Even 2-3 Gotta love how I do me Practice while you sleep Practice in my sleep Straight out of high school The brackets ain't for me I will be jumping over you Like I got a mattress at my feet And all field Jackson things You better be passing it to me I put the master in the piece Attack you like a beast And I am starving for victory And that means I'ma eat And when they ask you who's the best Then the answer should be me. <laughs> Who's the best player in the NBA? Oh, it's still Kobe Bryant. Really? Why? Because oh, you never know what you're going to get. Call me Mr. Clutch or Mr. Automatic. I can post them up. All of my go get the alley. I'm going for the ring. I'm going for the ring. I went to Beijing and came back with the bling. Who they want? They want Kobe. And what he want? He want the trophy. The victory. And the glory. No shame. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant.